Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle, a student-run, student-scripted, and student-produced news show on 88.1 WKNC HD1 Raleigh. I am Nick Weaver. And I'm Marissa Jordan. This week, we're bringing you a look at one of Raleigh's newest features. Raleigh is an ever-growing city. As it grows, we find that it needs further accommodation in certain areas. And one of the most pressing areas we can think of is transit infrastructure. So for today's show, we are looking at a recent addition to the city designed to help improve this aspect of our growth. And this has been the Raleigh Union Station. Nick interviewed David Eatman, the official transit administrator of Raleigh, to bring to light some of the important features of this new station and what the city is looking f- and what the city is looking to towards the future. All that coming up in just a second. Stay tuned. Okay, I'm David Eatman. I'm the Assistant Transportation Director with the City of Raleigh. And uh, specifically, I work with uh, the transit program as well as uh, Raleigh Union Station. Okay, and uh, can you explain your position as Transit Administrator? Yeah, so as a Transit Administrator, we oversee and plan for uh, the Go Raleigh uh, bus system, um, as well as our Go Raleigh access uh, system, which serves persons with disabilities uh, throughout our service area. Um, Go Raleigh uh, is a growing system. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, our traditional bus services, but we also have four bus rapid transit uh, corridors um, that will be under development in the next, uh, we're under development now, and uh, we're hoping to get those completed or near completion by 2027. Cool. And so one of the things that we wanted to talk to you today uh, about was the the new Raleigh Union Station. Um as you know, the, uh, the former Raleigh train station was pretty ancient. How long were plans for a new station in the works, and why did it take so long to come about? So uh, I would say that you, you almost need to be a history buff to uh, understand when the planning for a new station began. Uh, but certainly, uh, just from my knowledge, I know that it, was, uh, it started probably in the late 80s. Um, there were, I think, three different planning processes that occurred uh, from that time up until uh, around 2010, 2011. Um, but uh, over that entire period, uh, I think that all the plans uh, noticed that the Cabarrus Street Station uh, was on the west side of the tracks. It, that created a barrier uh, to downtown. Um, and the particular site, or that site, really didn't have a lot of room for growth. And, so, and it really wouldn't uh, provide the r- correct location for us to serve a number of different modes. So um, all of those plans, in their own way, uh, noticed and, and really um, documented those facts. Uh, but certainly uh, the last plan uh, wasn't followed specifically, as no plan is. Uh, but um, certainly we were able to move forward, uh, you know, in uh, around 13, 2013, uh, as design began on the station, so exciting times. So you touched on a few ways that the old station wasn't exactly perfect. It didn't have room for, for growth, as you said. Uh, the, the area wasn't fantastic. What about uh, failings for the way that it served its, uh, you know, it, its clients, the people that would come in and, and, and try to board trains? Um, how is it not living up to the, the needs of the public in that way? And how does this uh, contrast to ways in which the new station is better serving the public? Yeah, so the uh, old station, some of its uh, drawbacks uh, were certainly um, just the age of the facility. It was aging infrastructure um, you come to a crossroads when you have that aging infrastructure do you replace it do you uh, try to renovate can it be expanded um, all of those things prove challenging with that old facility uh, the old boarding platform was a, uh, a ground level platform 
uh, something that you would generally see in the uh, 50s, 60s. Uh, so if you uh, boarded a train, obviously you had to climb the steps or if you were a senior with, or a person with disabilities, in many cases, they had to use a lift to bring you up to the uh, same height of the train. Um, so we flash forward to our new station and obviously, uh, you know, five times the waiting area of the old station, uh, level boarding platform, so seniors persons with disabilities and wheelchairs all have a level boarding experience from the platform. Uh, so just many upgrades uh, from the old facility to the new. Okay. Um, so moving away from the, the station itself and more towards the location of the old station, uh, what is the city planning on doing with the space where the former station was and how long until Cabaret Street is passable again? I myself have <laughs> been personally inconvenienced by that several times. I uh, have to drive way around to get to the parking space that I usually go to for my internship. Uh, that road's been closed off for a while. Is there any updates on uh, when it might be passable again? Yeah, so um, uh, my apologies, I don't have the exact dates of uh, the Cabarrus Street uh, closure and reopening there, uh, but the, obviously the old station is down. Um, that was uh, actually uh, owned by the railroads, uh, that particular station, as well as um, the ground that it was uh, that it's on. Uh, as part of the building of the new station, so if that station was ever replaced in some of the old agreements, it stated that that station would be removed. Um, but one of the improvements that came from that uh, station, old station coming down, you always hate to see an older facility come down many times, especially I'm sure many people had memories there. Uh, but uh, certainly um, it allowed track expansion. So the new station is actually on two separated tracks or two dedicated tracks uh, to a level boarding platform. Um, and now freight has a bypass so that even if we're, there are two passenger trains at the station, uh, freight can still get by without having to, to, uh, to interact with a passenger train. Uh, the old station certainly had the, those conflicting movements. And um, so not only, obviously, is the station a great thing for passengers, uh, for Amtrak and future uh, commuter rail, uh, but it's also a big improvement for freight operations in the corridor. And as for that space where the old station was, is that now city property? Are there, are there plans for, for building new facilities of any kind there? Uh, do you know what's going to happen to that space? Um, I, I do not know exactly for that uh, that small parcel there. Like I said, the station actually existed on a, on a fairly small parcel. Um, there are some surrounding uh, private uh, ownership, and or there is some uh, surrounding private ownership. And uh, as you can imagine, with the growth that is occurring, on the east side of, uh, of the tracks there, um, I think that those areas will certainly see redevelopment in the near future. Uh, what can you tell us about future plans for expanding the station? It's been said that there are plans to integrate a Go Triangle bus station into the existing structure. Can you detail that and possibly other expansions that might be occurring in the future? Yeah, so certainly uh, as this station was constructed, uh, it was an exercise in what may be coming or what are the next steps for the development of this multimodal center. Uh, certainly Amtrak being the first step of that process. Um, we know that commuter rail is part of the Wake County Transit Plan, which is currently under development, uh, is an important aspect. Uh, so uh, the platform and the station itself actually incorporated um, components for future commuter rail platform. Uh, the actual infrastructure into the concourse and the uh, underground uh, concourse which brings you up into the platforms is there for that future amenity. 
Um, so again, looking ahead for future transportation options. Um, it, it can also, uh, because of uh, its situation and the Y of the tracks, it can also serve the uh, higher speed uh, rail, um, uh, which has been studied up and uh, down the East Coast. Um, so uh, that's another opportunity for a, a major investment or a major you know, East Coast transportation project uh, if it were uh, you know, to come uh, south towards Raleigh. And then beyond that, you mentioned uh, Go Triangles project, very exciting project, just north of our existing plaza um, right off of West Street. Um, uh, if you're at the station, um, you'll notice uh, what is, you know, what's remaining of one of the old Dillon projects or Dillon warehouses that's still at that location. Um, one of the few that have not been redevelopment yet in the warehouse district. Uh, but anyway, that city block that that warehouse is owned is owned by Go Triangle, and they're really looking at a mixed-use development uh, for that site, uh, certainly um, looking at ground floor retail, um, some type of uh, mixed-use development potentially, and even some affordable housing or other housing uh, above that. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, certainly a bus component uh, that would be part of that facility as well. Uh, Go Raleigh uh, is on the east side of, uh, of downtown uh, between Wilmington and uh, Blunt Street. And uh, so this facility wouldn't replace that, uh, this bus station, but it would complement it so that uh, individuals would have easy access uh, from a train, whether that's commuter or whether that's Amtrak. Uh, straight to um, either a regional bus, a local bus, or some other uh, form of connection. Uh, it may just be a shuttle that gets you to a bus rapid transit corridor, or there may be a, a bus rapid transit corridor that runs uh, directly through the facility or by the facility. Uh, the, all of those plans aren't quite ready yet, but uh, we're nearing the uh, completion of many of those studies, and hopefully in the next year we'll have some exciting details about the final outcome of that. I'd like to jump back for just a second and talk about the high-speed rail that you mentioned. Um, yes. Could you detail that just a little bit for people that might be unfamiliar with that? Uh, yes, yeah, so the, um, the higher-speed rail project is, if you think of higher-speed rail currently, you think of the Northeast Corridor. Um, and it's really thinking of bringing that higher-speed rail um, south uh, along the existing alignment uh, through Virginia. Uh, but then the alignment uh, takes... Uh, a what is really now an older freight rail track uh, towards Raleigh and then towards Charlotte. Um, but uh, you are talking about a much, uh, um, you know, a much quicker travel time from Raleigh to D.C. and to New York than you would currently experience. As our current rail system, we have to loop back around um, to the south, and then um, you come into Rocky Mount area, uh, where you hit the A-line, which is the main double-track line up and down the East Coast uh, from New York to Miami, uh, and then you can travel north. Um, this line would be an alternate route, again, that would travel out of the Northeast Corridor, uh, come towards Raleigh, Charlotte, and I think potentially Atlanta. Okay, so Raleigh is currently in a state of visible rapid growth. Uh, despite this, I feel like it's fair to say we've seen less expansion of inner city transit and more expansion of outgoing and connecting transit, such as the case of the Union Station. Does the city have plans for improving inner city transit, and if so, how? So, um, when you say the uh, inner city transit, you're talking about our local transit network. Yeah, and getting around inside of the city, uh, road systems, buses, etc. All right, so... Um, uh, certainly, uh, 
our big effort currently is the Wake County Transit Plan. Um, that is a half-cent sales tax dedicated to, to public transportation uh, within Wake County. Um, that was uh, actually passed in 2016, and uh, the uh, revenues for that started in early uh, calendar year 2017. Uh, since that time, we've had uh, some uh, modest improvements because it's been a planning process through 17 and half of 18 in order to get things started. Uh, but uh, this January, we'll be unveiling um, some uh, our largest uh, service improvement package that we've experienced. And if you combine all of our service improvements over the last decade, um, this is larger than that. Uh, so uh, a very large expansion in our existing bus network, but we're really concentrating on a couple of things here, you know, countywide, uh, connecting all the communities, uh, developing that high-frequency network, and when I say a high-frequency network, that includes our bus rapid transit corridors, and that includes four of those, that being uh, Capitol Boulevard, Western Boulevard, um, uh, Newburn Avenue to the east, and South Saunders, or either Wil South Wilmington Street towards Garner. Uh, so those north, south, east, west corridors are going to really um, uh, be the spine of the overall network. Uh, but certainly, again, much uh, a more frequent network that will also be available throughout the city of Raleigh and portions of Wake County as well, um, trying to get those, uh, those headways down uh, on those routes to a reasonable level. Uh, when someone goes to catch a, a bus, obviously, you, know, you, you don't necessarily want to use a schedule. If you knew a bus was coming every 15 minutes, uh, it's certainly um, psychologically, uh, that's a relief. You know that if you don't miss your bus, you're not going to miss your meeting or actually be in an hour, a complete an hour late for work in a worst-case scenario with our headway. Uh, so, again, uh, this plan is uh, looking at frequency, developing those high-frequency uh, radio, I'm sorry, um, linear corridors, um, and then, again, connecting all the communities in Wake County. Moving away from the train station and more into general transit, as more people move to Raleigh, we've been experiencing increasing issues with our transit infrastructure, which was never quite meant to accommodate such a large and ever-growing population. Uh, a strong example of this would be the road system in downtown and along major roads like Hillsborough and Western Boulevard, which are constantly plagued with traffic. How is the city planning on dealing with these issues of increasing vehicular traffic and outdated infrastructure? Uh, so I think there's a uh, you know a couple of different ways that you have to uh, to address that, and no single method is certainly a um, a solution in itself. Uh, but when you talk about the infrastructure in Raleigh, you're you're correct. Uh, the downtown Christmas plan, um, as we work on the downtown plan, and think about how are we going to fit all of these modes into 66 feet of right right of way. And so the original Christmas plan, which developed the layout for downtown for open space parks, uh, along with the grid network and the four streets, north, south, east, and west streets, uh, uh, which you know created the boundaries, the original Raleigh layout. Um, we are dealing with that infrastructure that was created, uh, you know, in the late 1700s, uh, and those plans. And obviously, we've got this modern day challenge of we've got bus rapid transit. Because obviously I say that first because that's what we deal with on a daily basis in transit, or that's what we're planning for. We have conventional bus. We have a right-of-way where people want to uh, use on-street parking, very important for businesses and uh, economic development. Uh, we have pedestrians, obviously, so you've got sidewalks and the pedestrian environment with streetscape. 
Um, and uh, then you've got new modes of transportation, whether that's bike share, whether that's uh, scooter share, or all of these different things that are that are happening. That is a, a finite space. So it is very challenging, and I would say that that's probably the most challenging thing that we're dealing with is that there are so many wants and needs uh, and requirements that are being put on a, on a finite amount of right-of-way. Um, so especially in a downtown environment, that's challenging. Uh, so, but how are we addressing that in other areas of the city of Raleigh? Well, certainly um, the city has or has passed transportation bonds in the past, uh, which will provide a Band-Aid to many of the corridors as far as uh, providing uh, congestion relief. Uh, but I think most people know you can never build your way out of uh, congestion by, by you know, right-of-way widen widening. It's certainly going to help, uh, uh, but it doesn't usually last very long. Um, so you have to do many approaches. Again, the Wake County Transit Plan along with our bus investments, our bus rapid transit investments, uh, and really building uh, environments in which uh, they promote walking, pedest you know, pedestrian activities, bike to work. Uh, so really looking at all of those different modes as opportunities, it's what's going to address those issues best. Um, as you stated, we are one of the fastest growing counties and areas in the country, period. So uh, we will deal with that regardless of what happens. Um, there will be growth. Uh, there will be increased, increased con uh, congestion uh, to a certain degree. But certainly as you try to address that, uh, I think that that multi-pronged approach is the smart way to approach that. Uh, no one will solve that problem by itself. And uh, it's a long shot, but I'm sure you've heard people in Raleigh propose their own solutions to traffic, one of which, a very popular suggestion at that, uh, being an underground railway system. Is there any chance the city has put serious consideration into the implementation of either an above-ground or underground intercity railway? So um, is rail, uh, you know, in the future for the city of Raleigh? Um, I, I would never say never. Uh, we have... Uh, you know, Amtrak services, future commuter rail services, uh, commuter rail running from uh, southern Wake County uh, of Garner uh, to Durham uh, is part of our plan. Uh, and again, that's a 10-year plan for implementation that we're looking at. Um, but our current plan has taken uh, a little bit of a different path uh, through 2027. Um, and that is looking, again, at four bus rapid transit corridors. Uh, so they're not steel wheel vehicles. Uh, but they are sharing many of the attributes of rail. Um, they are looking at dedicated corridors where they're, you know, certainly where they're needed most, uh, and hopefully uh, a large portion of those corridors will be dedicated. Uh, instead of uh, what you might uh, traditionally think of as a light rail vehicle or a trolley rail vehicle uh, traveling that corridor, um, it will be a bus, uh, but that bus will be on a 10 to 15 minute headway. Uh, the stations, um, quite honestly, if your back was to the corridor, um, our stations will mimic what you would experience uh, at a rail station. Uh, so uh, as you have that passenger experience, um, uh, certainly off-bus or off-rail uh, payment for your fare is, uh, is a given. Um, you know, you'll be able to either use a, uh, a vending machine or you'll pay with your phone even before you get to the station itself. 
Um, so again, many of the attributes of a rail system will be replicated by the bus rapid transit system, uh, and we can do that uh, more efficiently. Um, the reason that we, I think that uh, we had, you know, a very large participation from the community that developed the early uh, this early plan, uh, and ultimately um, we were uh, um, the plan was developed uh, in order to cover more area uh, with the funds that will be available from the half cent sales tax. Uh, one of the challenges, obviously, with rail is the expense. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that that might not be, that that's not feasible in the future. Um, but since we were a bit behind the curve, our bus, uh, like bus hours per capita, um, the amount of service that we had on the street to provide um, mobility and public transportation services really wasn't near where our peers were. So we really have to come up to a baseline first, and we feel that this Wake County Transit Plan is really going to bring us up to uh, a really strong base level of public transportation, and then certainly um, we'll look at other opportunities in the future. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So five to ten years down the line, let's can you give us a, a basic rundown of what you see the city's plans uh, being, what you think is going to be implemented in that time, and how well do you see um, the, the plans that the city is going to be implementing? Uh, how well do you think we're going to accommodate the growth of the city uh, with those plans for, for public transit? Yeah, so we're going to be going uh, from, uh, I think, right at 17 to 18 miles of a bus frequent network, which is a, a bus network that's a 15-minute headway or less, uh, to a little over 80 miles of, uh, of frequent network. Again, we're looking at the 2027-2028 time frame for those improvements. Uh, so really, as you think about bus transportation in Raleigh, not only will we have better coverage, uh, but again, those frequent corridors, not only are those corridors going downtown, but many crosstown connections as well, so you don't have to come downtown uh, to transfer, much like uh, everyone wants a direct flight and you don't want to have to go to Atlanta before you go to another city uh, if you're traveling by air. Uh, so pretty much the same concept there. Uh, the other major investment, certainly for us, again, are the four uh, bus rapid transit corridors on our north, south, east, and west uh, alignments. Um, Capitol, Newburn Avenue, South Saunders, and Western Boulevard. Um, and uh, the South Saunders would go all the way into Garner, and our Western Boulevard would travel all the way to Cary. Uh, so again, we're looking at dedicated corridors to, uh, to transit with um, stations that mimic uh, the quality and experience that you would have with a rail station. Uh, beyond that, again, we have uh, commuter rail, uh, which is the connector region portion of the uh, Wake County Transit Plan, um, running from uh, southern Garner um, all the way through Raleigh and Sea State onwards towards, uh, you know, downtown Durham. Uh, so a commuter rail network um, that would link uh, the two counties and, and the two major metropolitan areas. Uh, again, that's our... Uh, um, that, that's our outline for uh, the first 10 years of this plan. Um, as we enter about mid-stride of, uh, of this planning, pro I'm sorry, this implementation process, uh, we'll actually get underway and start uh, considering what will things look like and how will we make investments in the next 10 years. Uh, so uh, amazingly, in the next two to three years, we'll actually be starting that process again to figure out you know, what's beyond 2027 and uh, what types of opportunities lie ahead.
All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. That's about everything. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, I would just say that if you haven't seen Raleigh Union Station, uh, 26,000 square foot facility, um, come out and, 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 and see it. Um, we have about 13,000 square feet of retail inside. Uh, we're working uh, very hard right now to uh, get tenants into that space. So hopefully uh, in the near future, you'll go into uh, Raleigh Union Station and uh, you'll experience a restaurant and hopefully uh, maybe a, a grab-and-go type of uh, a venue. Um, and uh, we actually have two mezzanine levels. Uh, we have uh, a second and third level uh, to Raleigh Union Station. And uh, both of those are, um, are, are leasable as well, or lease spaces. Um, those lease spaces actually help us generate revenue to pay for the ongoing operation of the facility. Uh, but we have about 6,000 square feet of office on the uh, uh, second floor mezzanine and then about 2,500 square feet of retail or restaurant space uh, on the third floor. Uh, so again, a beautiful facility, has some great views of downtown Raleigh. Uh, come check it out. All right, thank you very much. And that about does it for this week's show. We appreciate you joining us on this beautiful Tuesday evening, assuming that you've been listening to this live. As always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know at publicaffairs at wknc.org. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com, our intro music for today's show, and every other show was Connie by L1011. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week, November 13th, from 6 to 7 p.m. And stay tuned for your usual programming of amazing indie music, and we'll see you all next time.